And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, hello. Happy Thursday to everybody out there in the world. Um, thanks for joining me once again today. So, uh, I'm... Uh I'm I'm a slacker. That's all there is to it. I mean, you know, it's been a week since the last episode. I got into that habit of doing two or three a week, um, which was fine. They were a little bit shorter. It was a little difficult to sustain because there's, you know, listen to me whine here. There, there's production work that goes into all these. So it's just, you know, it's not just me sitting down and talking. There's that. But then there's a good bit of like I've got to do artwork. I've got to get the files converted, uploaded, create a blog post around it, disseminate, et cetera. It's a, it's a little time consuming. So I don't know. I think there's, there's value in doing the shorter ones, but the longer ones also, I could do fewer of those. Um, because if an episode is five minutes long or five hours long, all of that dissemination work and prepping it and production takes the same amount of time. So I don't know. Um, I'm still, uh, I'm still on the fence about how I want to do this going forward. But, uh, basically what I'm going to do is just continue to wing it, talk about what I have to talk about and, um, we'll take it from there. Like last week's episode, I was figuring that might be like 25 minutes and I think it ran closer to double that. So, Hey, you know what? So this week, I'm totally flying by the seat of my pants here. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, an update recap on the week that was. Um, we've got uh, a little Q&A segment as well. And i got a couple of really good questions on that one. So um, I want to dive into those. And I don't know how long that explanation is going to take. So it may be that you know I can bust through those pretty quick. Um, and then uh, there might be something else afterwards. I don't know. So um, I'm recording this intro first. I guess it might make more sense to record this intro last once I know everything else that's going to happen. But uh, I'm not that sophisticated. So uh, <laughs> this, this is what you get. You're stuck with me. I'm sorry. At this point, I think you know it. I think you know that uh, my inadequacies and failures are kind of baked into the cake at this point. So um, quick update. So um, we have a poll that we put up last week. This is talking about cardio. What's the most weekly cardio you've done during prep? And those options are um, four hours a week or less, four to five hours, five to six hours, six to seven hours, or more than seven hours. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, early returns are in for me, but I want to get some more data on this. So if you haven't already, um, go to thedropset.com, check out the poll there and vote on that. Cast your ballot. Let me know what's going on. And again, um, cardio horror stories, always welcome. Shoot me a note. However is easiest for you. Email me, find me on social media, call the call in number 865-518-2974 whatever is most convenient for you. Although I'm telling you that call-in number is gold. I'm going to have to incentivize that and like start throwing out like Starbucks gift cards to people who, uh, who actually call in. <laughs> and that, that would be an act of desperation. Is that, that, that might be considered a bribe. I don't know. I'd call it a promotional. Seems like there's a fine line between a, a bribe and a promotion. I don't know. Um, at any rate, I just last night and, and posted about it this morning, just put up a new blog post. So if you go to fivestarphysique.com, click on blog on the far right, you can see that. This one is called Understanding Tempo. So this came, um, it was born out of a question from a, a new client who I, I sent her her program. She's like, I got some questions about the tempo here. And I realized, you know what, I've done kind of a piss poor job explaining. I mean, I've, all of the workouts that I provide, they have a little write up on tempo. But for somebody who's never really done any tempo work before, it, it kind of dawned on me, that explanation is insufficient. So what I wanted to do was really dig in and explain what's going on with tempo and what, why we want to, why we care about it, why it's important. And then um, the other important thing is how to read the syntax. Cause basically I'm just throwing a bunch of numbers at you and it's really difficult to know, okay, wait, what is this? Um, so the, the gist of it is that um, every exercise has four phases. There's the concentric, which is the actual push or pull. Um, there's the squeeze, which happens after the concentric. There is the negative, which happens after the squeeze. And then there's the pause, which happens after the negative. So they always happen in that order. Um, and that's the order that I present the numbers in. The issue is that they, uh, an exercise doesn't always start with the concentric. Um, like a squat any kind of a press, bench press, shoulder press, leg press, uh, a Romanian or stiff-legged deadlift, a dip, those all start with the negative. So if I'm presenting those numbers in the order of concentric, squeeze, negative, pause, that means on those movements, you're going to start with the third number. That's really the source of most of the confusion. And then also, like, what do those numbers mean? Um, you know, and, and I really break it down, like, what is a concentric? What is a negative? What am I squeezing? When am I pausing? That kind of stuff. So um, 
if tempo is new to you, um, if you haven't really spent a lot of time playing around with it, you should. And that's a good place to start. Um, and if you check out my workout plan, so again, fivestarphysique.com, just click on workout plans. You can browse through the available ones that I have there. And, uh, these all utilize tempo to some degree. Some of them, um, entire workouts are built around tempo. There's um, one of the programs, I think, um, I think Balance, which is number 20. Um, one of the workouts in that is called Tempo Legs. It's four exercises. That's it, like four sets of, of four exercises. So it's 16 total sets for leg workout. Not too bad, but every one of those exercises has some pretty wild tempos involved. And so understanding what the expectation is and having confidence that you're doing it correctly is important. Um, so anyway, Tempo, really, really uh, good tool to have in your belt. And if you haven't spent a lot of time with tempo, the one thing that I hear from people um, very commonly when they when they start up and they're going through their first set of workouts that I provide is they're like, I have never been this sore in my life, and I think the tempo has a lot to do with it because I've never done that before. So if you're looking for a way to, to really kickstart things, that is absolutely one thing that, you know, maybe you've done it before, but you've kind of forgotten about it. So pull it out of your back pocket and use it. Um, but that um, blog post that I put up there, fivestarphysique.com, click on blog. It's the first post up there. Um, will be a good refresher course or a good primer on tempo if you're not familiar with it. Um, so weekly recap for me, um, I'll keep it relatively brief. Um, also I do post on my Facebook page. So facebook.com slash five star physique every Friday. I do um, a little video. I call it swinging time because um, as part of the deck that I built last year, the patio underneath is covered um, and and waterproof, which is nice. And we hung these swinging chairs back there. There's these swing us on chairs from Pier One. They're pretty badass. So they're on a chain and they're like these wicker chairs. They just kind of wrap around you and we just swing out there. Um, and so I, I record a, a quick weekly recap on video there, um, talking about my week and kind of getting into a little bit more detail on it. So um, you can check that out. Five star. Oh, I'm sorry, facebook.com slash five star physique that goes up every Friday. Um, and I always post the updated version of my own personal um, tracker, my daily tracker as well. And I post that on my Instagram story as well. So um, basically, wherever you go to follow me, you can't get away from this shit. Um, I'm going to inundate you with it. So <laughs> there you go. You've been warned. Um, a big thing for me happened this week, and this was kind of funny. So I, uh, my, the way that my schedule works is kind of weird. And, you know, one of the benefits that people think when you, when you, um, own your own business, you work from home, they're like, you get to create your own schedule, work whenever you want. I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, you're beholden to other people. <laughs> like, you know, I have client check-ins scheduled for Tuesday and I have a commitment to those people that if they send me their stuff on time and usually most times, even if they don't, I'm going to get back to them the same day. Um, so I, you know, I try to manage that as best I can. I set deadlines for check-ins. Like I want it by this time. And I kind of let myself off the hook and say, if you don't send it to me by that time, I don't guarantee same day to turn around at the same time. I don't want to wake up the next day and do work. That's a day old. So I will do everything I can to catch up on stuff. But, um, so you can kind of establish the guidelines, but still saying you can you can work whenever you want is uh, a a bit of a, a bit of a misleading statement. So um, that being said, I did take a little flexibility into my own hands this week, and I, I'm kind of pleased with that. So for for a lot of reasons, I've loaded up most of my client check-ins on just a few days. So uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday have been my busy days. I talked about that. So um, I'd say 90% of all my client check-ins are on those three days. So Thursday and Friday then are days like today where, you know, I do some administrative work, blog posts, workout planning, um, podcasts, website administration, um, you know, uh, business financial garbage and stuff like that. So, um, that that's the the other end of the equation. So it's not all just client work, and I have a couple days where where my client load is a little bit a little bit lower. So then I can focus on that administrative stuff. So one thing that I've noticed, and I've been doing this now exclusively online. This is my sixth year doing this exclusively online, and I've done it. Uh, I've done some work online for three years before that. So I'm coming up on my ten year anniversary doing this. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, one, one thing that's occurred to me is, okay, my wife is a teacher, so she gets off every federal holiday. Well, every federal holiday falls on a Monday. And oftentimes, not oftentimes, but there's a couple times throughout the year where um, you know, they, they will work the schedule because she works for a private school. And they will, they will work the schedule such that um, 
they can have like a school holiday that they'll set on a Friday. Um, and then the, there'll be the weekend and then there'll be a federal holiday on a Monday just to give the kids four day weekend, give a chance for families to get out of town, that kind of stuff. And I've always worked on Monday. So that's never really been an option. Um, and, and I just, it occurred to me, I'm like, well, dumbass, you've got the ability to adjust your schedule. So why don't you shift um, your, your clients who check in on Monday over to Thursday? So now, um, and uh, Thank, thank you to all my clients who are very cooperative on that. I appreciate it. I got really quick responses from just about everybody. And so I was just really easily able to shift most everybody on Monday over to Thursday. So now Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are my busy days. So I start off the week on Monday with an administrative day and I ended on Friday with an administrative day. And then on those rare occasions when there's a holiday, I actually have a chance to you know, get out of town. I've not taken a three-day weekend, like a trip out of town. Um, I guess the last time would have been... Um, between Christmas and New Year's this last year, um, when we went to Mexico, uh, <laughs> actually, so uh, they're always and I think I had to I think I had to to make some some pretty significant schedule adjustments to make that work. Uh, the other thing is that you know those holidays being on Monday, uh, invariably tons of people are late with their check ins because of the holiday as well. So if I just don't have anything scheduled for that day, it's a win win for everybody. So that was a huge huge thing for me this week. So I was really excited about that. Um, I'm going to Oregon to go visit family. That's in 13 days. So um, planning is commencing for that. And what I'm doing right now is, you know, I, I know that my macros will be changing before then. So I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on my meal planning, but I'm plugging in some ideas at least um, and uh, exploring the various airports that I will be passing through to see what their food options are in there. And uh, I will be passing through DFW and they've got Chick-fil-A scattered all throughout, which is great because it's really easy to find macro-friendly options at a Chick-fil-A. So um, that'll be a saving grace. I'll take some food with me. I'm not going to take prepackaged cold meals um, or anything like that. It's too much of a hassle and I can make do with, uh, with things that I find along the way. So... Um, Anyway, I'll have a, a couple of stops. So uh, a couple of I actually scheduled a flight with uh, two layovers on the way there, specifically just to help manage uh, my ability to eat. <laughs> so uh, is, is that a little pathetic? Maybe. Um, also, the flight was cheaper. So um, so I'm I'm currently in the planning stages for that and um, trying to make sure that I approach that with the best strategy possible. I talked with my parents last night just to let them know, you know, hey, you know, and I've talked about it before, but I'm just going to remind them all the time. Uh, I'm going to be on a pretty set plan when I'm there. I'm going to rent a car and I'm going to get uh, uh, access to a gym on my own. Typically when I've gone, my dad's a member at the Y there and I just, I don't like that gym. I mean, they, they actually, on their calendar, apparently they actually have a, times specified for open gym access. <laughs> I'm like, no. No, that is not for me. So what I'm, my plan is going to be to, to go early, um, go to the gym, do fasted cardio, have a portable meal with me to have after that, sit, uh, eat that, sit around for a little bit, um, plan the session ahead, and then uh, hit, get my lift in and then come home and hopefully be done with that by 8. So then by the time the family's up and about, I'll have a, a good un, uninterrupted day to, uh, to spend time with them. Because that's, that's the, the primary reason I'm going there because I haven't seen them in a long time. But at the same time, I've got to stay on track with with everything because I'll be just about four weeks out at that stage. I'm seven weeks out as of today. So um, I guess it'll be more like five weeks out if it's in two weeks. So um, so that that's what's going on there. Um, a couple of things this week that were kind of fun. Um, I, I got a new gym bag finally and I decided to go all out. So my last gym bag, um, I went through and I was looking at all the features that I wanted and I ended up buying one from ebags.com that was $13. Um, and it lasted for a while, but the fabric was thin, the mesh netting where you hold like your shaker cups and everything, it was tearing apart. It was, it was not well constructed. It did the job. Um, but, uh, it, uh, outlived its useful life and was starting to fall apart. Um, so I went all out and was looking for a good option. So I replaced it with an ISO pack from isolator fitness. Um, and this is their, their backpack version. So, um, cool thing about this is, so it's got, it's got, um, meal prep storage in it. Um, but it is in a compartment where you can just remove that whole thing. And then you get a, a larger main backpack pocket as well. It's got a couple of additional areas there, like for throwing my logbook, um, place to clip on my keys, a pocket to throw my phone. I can stick like four shaker cups on the outside of it. Um, and then it's got a padded area for a laptop or for me, cause I don't have a laptop and iPad. So, um, this is actually the bag that I'm going to take with me to Oregon. Um, it's going to be my carry on. It's going to be the only bag that I take with me. Um, 
I'm on the fence as to whether or not I'm going to use the food um, portion of it, the meal prep storage portion of it, um, just because I don't think I will need it. Like when I am actually, I won't use it for when I am traveling there. Um, And when I'm actually in Oregon, I think I'll have close enough access to a fridge pretty much most days. So I don't think it's necessary. It's going to be necessary. So, um, and my parents have a cooler if I really need to. So I also finally broke down and got a, uh, a fitness watch, um, just because I wanted to get, uh, get this going mostly because I'm really anal about tracking my cardio output. And, uh, for this trip, I'm not going to have access to my elliptical, which is what I use for everything. So my frame of reference for how hard am I working, I figure there may be some days where I actually have to go on a jog around the neighborhood, which will be awful and I hate it, but um, I want to be able to track my calories. So um, what I'm doing now is I got this um, tick watch, um, which my wife got one of these a while back and she had it for a couple days and then returned it and got something different. She didn't like how big and bulky it was. I don't mind it. So it's about the size of an Apple watch, but it's round. Uh, it's got a round face, um, touchscreen display and all that. I mean, for the price, it was hard to beat. It was like 120 bucks and it does, it has, has pretty much all the same functionality as an Apple watch. And it's one of these, because it's a touchscreen, because it does a lot of stuff, it's got to be charged every day. It's not like one of the, um, Fitbits or, or similar watches that have a more simplified display um, where it'll last four or five days on a single charge. This has got to be charged at night every day, pretty much. So um, at any rate, um, so far, so good. Um, <clears throat> I, t- I took it for a test drive on cardio this morning, and the, the calorie output that it registered was pretty similar to what my elliptical was showing. So uh, it's a good sign, and I think I'll be able to make a pretty seamless transition, get some, some usefulness out of this, and... Uh, Uh, be able to keep things uh, tracked appropriately while I'm on my trip as well. So, and as far as a prep update for me, uh, you know, it's been a a hard week. Um, Again, my goal from the beginning has been to do this prep and make it feel really easy. And, you know, I mean, from the outside, I think it does look easy because I'm getting everything done. I'm not having any mess ups or anything like that. Um, You know, thankfully, uh, my coach has uh, kept in a weekly cheat meal, which is really what keeps me going at this stage because I'm kind of, you know, it's Thursday right now. I, today, today's arms, I can get up for that. It's a fun workout. I enjoy it. Yesterday was legs. Um, that was hard. And I mean, I, I went hard on legs. I emptied the tank and I had nothing left. And she wanted to see a, an updated posing video post-workout just so that she could see what things look like. I, I was I was gassed like I could barely flex anything. I was just toast. It, it was it was bad. It was bad. I felt like I I mean I I felt like I hit a wall. Except I hit the wall when the workout was done. I got all the work done, but man, it was hard. It was hard. So um, she was very kind. She said, "Hey, cut back on your cardio for these next couple of days. Do it, but just chop ten minutes off." So I'm hitting twenty minutes today and tomorrow, which is kind of a nice little adjustment. Um, and then we'll see what happens. So we'll check in again on Saturday. I expect some changes here because we'll be uh, at the just under seven weeks out mark and I think she's going to bring the hammer down so um so far I'm surviving okay um you know appetite's fine I'm thinking a lot more about food um I uh, do occasionally have uh have weak moments where I'm like oh man that looks really good and I made a couple adjustments here and there like just uh, as a one day thing I'm like you know what I'm gonna pull back uh on on fats at this meal a little bit just so that I can get a little bit of taste of some peanut butter in here and so I work all the macros out everything's fine but um I'm understanding like man just having a little bit of variety here and there especially because you know my, my wife bless her heart you know I, I told her when I started this I'm like don't hold back on anything don't feel like you've got to you know not keep tasty food in the house or anything like that just because I'm doing this because that's not fair to you and so she has taken that and ran with it <laughs> so she's like all right cool I'm gonna have whatever the hell I want screw you you're doing this by choice I'm like that is absolutely right. Yes, I am. So um, there's all kinds of stuff in the house, which is it, it, it kind of tempting, but I've, I've held strong. And um, aside from like the peanut butter and I made that work in the macros, there hasn't really been any other what I would classify as an indiscretion and certainly nothing that uh, that's altering the numbers in a bad way. So um, it's been good. Um, workouts have been good. Cardio remains steady. Um, just, you know, really tired, really benefiting more from like yesterday. I was able to squeeze in like a 13 minute nap. Oh, God, it made all the difference in the world. So um it's a huge help, huge help. Um, so that, uh, that's pretty much where prep is at right now. That's pretty much where everything is at right now. So, um, having done that, let's go ahead and bust into this Q and a, I got a couple of really good questions lined up and then, um, we'll see if there's time for anything else. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if so, I've got some ideas lined up, but, uh, we're going to, I'm going to record this stuff and then we'll see where things sit. 
follow Darren on Instagram at Darren underscore star to see client profiles, updated workout plans, and tips and tricks on training and nutrition. Thank you, Van. Always appreciated there. So, um... Q&A. Let's do it. So um, I got, <laughs> I'm so tickled. I, I wanted to have like sound effects and play the hallelujah chorus here. But you know, like, like I said, production, et cetera, all that stuff takes time. Uh, if I had a, a producer here with me, I'd totally be like, hey, can you work that in for me? And they'd be like, yeah, no problem. And then the, the show would be 10 times better than what it is. Um, sadly, though, it is exactly what it is. And I apologize for that. But um, so no production here. But I did get a voicemail this week. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yes. So without further ado, let's go to it. Uh, hey, Darren. My name is Josh. Uh, I'm currently uh, stationed in Virginia, active duty military. Uh, just got to, by the way, I totally agree with your Olympia recap. Um, Sean Roden was the definite rin- winner and definitely think, uh, uh, Roley should have placed, uh, ahead as well. But quick, uh, quick question. My actual, actual question is I'm an aspiring natural bodybuilder. I've competed in two shows so far, just coming off of my second show, about to go into an off season. Um, it doesn't have any specific, uh, doesn't have to do with, uh, the actual off season. Um, so I lost a lot of weight going into my first competition. And I do have some extra skin in the, the lower glute area and lower abdominal, uh, abdominal area. It's not a lot, um, but it just kind of bothers me, especially in the lower glutes, especially when on stage. Uh, I am 34 years old, so a little bit older of a competitor. Um, so what's your uh, take on loose skin um, and what should and can be done about it? Thanks. Bye. All right. Very cool. So thank you, Josh. Much appreciated. And uh, second of all, go to hell. Um, 34 years old makes you an older competitor. I take personal offense to that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, I do appreciate it. It's a good question. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I'm not alone on the Olympia thing, first of all. And other people that I've talked to, I mean, I don't hear anybody saying that Phil was robbed, which is good. And maybe I'm just not looking hard enough. I'm sure those people are out there because, you know, you can find people that believe anything these days. Um, but it, just the fact that there seems to be a general consensus like, yeah, they make the right call, that that made me, that makes me feel good. Uh, so I, that gives me a little bit of, of hope for uh, the future of the sport and judging going forward. Um, so let's see. Uh Natural bodybuilder competed in two shows, coming off the second one, going into off season. Um, so lost a lot of weight. I mean, first of all, I, w- I would say um, just you know here here is one thing. So if I if I get questions like this that are a little bit more um, you know directed towards like a, a coaching inquiry, I'd say you know let me see things. You know, send me some pictures. Let me see what we're talking about here, just because you know it will certainly impact things going forward. Now. Um, likely um depends on the show but typically you can find oh th- there are some shows that have like a master's 35 plus so as soon as you you know graduate to that you can hit that you can hit a master's category suddenly um you're not competing against a bunch of 20 year olds and uh things like this i will go ahead and say uh you know flaws but i would also say that they could just be you know things that make you unique they aren't necessarily bad it's just you know part of who you are um uh, it becomes a little bit more of a level playing field because when when you start competing against older guys or older women, you start to realize everybody's got something, and so it it, it matters less than you think it does. Um, that's the thing. So um, so don't sweat it too much. Now, first of all, um, depending on how much we're talking, the only real solution is is surgery to get it fixed um, to get some of that skin removed. And if it's if there's not enough loose skin to really qualify. For surgery, then there there are a couple of things that you can do, but they're going to be pretty minimal. So, uh, I mean, the, the impact is not going to be like, oh my god, this fixed it. So, first of all, there are no products that are going to do anything for you. Um, like you, you find those like it works wraps. And if anybody listening here is an affiliate of it works, okay, cool. You know what? As human beings, I love you, but all that product does is it promotes water loss. So, um, you know, if you're you, if you're really drying out before a show, it will help. It will help a little bit. Also, be lean. Be as lean and conditioned as you possibly can because you might think, well, that's going to make the loose skin a little bit worse. Possible, but at the same time, if you have fat deposits that are that are holding on, they're going to be weighing down that loose skin and probably making it look worse. So really, really bring the best level of conditioning you can, which speaks to what you should be doing in the off season, which is, yeah, aggressively trying to grow as much as possible, uh, but not letting things get carried away. So... Um, 
skin elasticity is something that can also improve over time. So if we're not talking about a lot of loose skin, um, you know, it can tighten up on its own if you are patient with it and you, you um, minimize wild swings in body composition and weight. So, you know, let's just make up some numbers here. Let's say you competed at 175. I wouldn't necessarily want an off season where you got back up to 200, 205, you know, keep that relatively lean, keep that relatively tight. Um, you know, work hard to justify an increase in macros or calories, um, maintain some cardio so that you can keep that conditioning in there. That's going to allow you to get away with, with, uh, a, a greater caloric bump as well. So, um, that, that's the first thing is just, you know, maintain your conditioning as best you can, um, and avoid those, those wild swings. And then also the areas where you're noticing it, just keep in mind, you know, what we're, anything that you can do to make that area bigger will help. Um, as long as the way we're making it bigger is through muscle. So specifically with glutes, like, you know, really hammer the full part of the glute and then also really hammer the hamstring and specifically up the, the upper part of it. I hate to say, you know, work your tie in because the glute ham tie in is a void space and you can't work a void space. It's the space between muscles. It's not the muscles themselves, but upper part of the hamstring, the fuller part of the glute. Um, so a lot of heavy compounds, you know, clearly squats, hip thrusts. I love sumo deadlifts. I'm assuming you don't have any back issues um, as a good one as well. Um, low hanging rack pulls can be good. Um, don't, don't be afraid to work in some, you know, uh, I know it's, uh, this is anathema to guys, but like glute kickbacks, hit some cable kickbacks. Absolutely. If you've got a kickback machine, a butt blaster, work those things. I mean, you know, th there's nothing wrong with really, really trying to build up the glutes because then when you lean out, it, it's, you're, you're going to have more left behind. It's going to look a lot more impressive and it will help tighten up that area and, you know, help fill out the skin around it to some extent as well. Maintaining your, your leanness is going to be, you know, priority number one though. So that would be the first thing that I would encourage you to do is not get too carried away with your off season and try to keep things relatively under control. That is not to say if you compete at 4% body fat that you can only get up to five and a half. Uh, that, that's ridiculous, but you know, you should always be able to see abs. Um, you should always, you know, maintain some level of, of vascularity as well. And if you see that starting to slip away, just realize that as far as the loose skin is concerned, you're not helping yourself on that front. So just maintain the conditioning. Um, I would not waste any, uh, I, uh, let, let me back up on that. I have not seen any products that effectively tackle this. I've seen a billion products that say they do, but nothing that actually seems to work in any way that justifies the cost. So there's no product that I would actually recommend for this. It's, it's habit and growth. So habit as far as just maintaining the routine, maintaining your conditioning, and then growth, trying to build up the muscle around it. And also acceptance. Um, if you're not a surgery candidate, figure, you know, it, there's always going to be some of that there, and it's not necessarily a problem, especially if you're competing in a master's division. Basically, <laughs> um, you could play a game when you're watching a master's division and the, the game is how is this person fucked up and you know it's it's all going to be relative you know uh and I I say that laughing because I would totally be in that category as well so you know I have scarring all along my back from cystic acne when I was a teenager so um that's one of those things that kept me from competing for a long time like I don't want to get up there what no I'll, it, my back shot looks terrible and eventually I'm like screw it I don't give a crap I'm gonna do this so, um, it's not going to slow me down. I'm not going to let it stop me. Um, you know, you'll women, um, you see women with loose skin, C-section scars, um, you know, I mean all kinds of things. So everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. Sometimes maybe it's not something obvious like that. Maybe it's sometimes like, man, that dude just has a really thick waist. You know, that, that's, you know, everybody's got something. So except that master's divisions will be a little bit more forgiving. Um, and it just kind of comes with the territory, you know, everybody's got something. So, and sometimes it's more obvious than not. Um, I've, I've heard, um, something else that, uh, kind of is a corollary to this and it involves, you know, women and anabolic substances. And, and the, the concept there is that, you know, any woman that takes something is going to experience some kind of a side effect from that. It's just a question of, is it obvious or not? Um, and it's the same thing here. You know, everybody in the master's division has got something. Is it obvious or not? So, um, so embrace it, do what you can to manage it as best you can. Um, but, uh, don't feel like you've got to ru run away from it. You know, when I, when I look at those divisions and I, you know, I said this jokingly, everybody's screwed up in some way, you know, spot the flaws, but you know, seriously, I have mad respect for 
anybody who gets up there um, in a master's, especially if it's like your first show and you're competing in a master's division, um, you find people with a, a, you find some really well-conditioned physiques in those divisions. People have been doing this for a long time and they get up there knowing that they're not perfect and it just doesn't matter. Um, and I, I love that mindset. I have a lot of respect for that. So kudos there. Anyway, uh, Josh, thank you for calling. I really appreciate it. I hope that helps a little bit. The other um, Q&A thing that I wanted to address, um, this comes via Instagram from Daniel Holder. So um, thank you, Dan. I appreciate the questions here. So I'll just read the whole thing here so um, you, can, you can get what, uh, what we're talking about here. So he says, <clears throat> this came in... Uh, what was this? Tuesday night. So he says, and I quote, hi, Darren. Awesome podcast. I just want you to know I did not throw that part in. He actually said that. So hi, Darren. Awesome podcast. I listen on Spotify and my drive in to work every morning. I have a couple of questions that you may have answered already, but I just haven't heard it yet. First question is how often do you adjust your calories or diet to gain muscle? If that makes sense. I put on about 15 pounds over six months going from 165 to about 180, but I've been stuck there for a while. I feel full most of the time and find it hard to eat more than I already am. I've been mostly sticking to a lowish carb paleo diet, high in protein and veggies, maybe more carbs. I don't know. Second, I'm in the military and I'm forced to do lots of cardio with 10 plus miles of running weekly. That may be the cause also. Is that too much cardio? Not something I can really change there, but just wondering. Thanks. So again, Dan, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so let's, uh, let's kind of go through it here. Um, Let's see. Uh, How often do you adjust your calories or diet to gain muscle? So it depends. Um, and I'll give you a good example. So um, one of my clients that I'm working with right now, Max, he's in the off season. We're working towards a national show. He's a classic physique competitor. So he's going to be doing a national show this coming year. Um, we're tracking things right now. And, you know, we're just monitoring his weigh-ins. And we're looking for like a general rate of increase. Um, so he maintains an interesting work schedule. So his workout times can fluctuate wildly from early in the morning to late at night. Um, and because of that, sometimes his weigh-ins can fluctuate wildly. Like he'll have a leg workout that's late at night and he takes in a ton of food pre and post workout. Um, like, you know, on the order of probably over 200 grams of carbs at this point, just in that peri workout window. So that being said, if he works out late at night and especially like a leg workout where he just smashes stuff completely, there's a lot of fluid retention in the system. His, his weight's going to be up significantly the next morning. We know that. So we're not like, Ooh, we're gaining weight or man, that's too much weight gain because we know it's going to stabilize. So we track those numbers. We look at things and we just get a sense for where's the rolling average. And are we happy with that rate of increase? And so I talked to him yesterday as part of our check-in and, uh, we went ahead and bumped up, um, some carbs and some fats, both a little bit, just because, he's still staying, I mean, the weight's going up, but he's staying incredibly tight. Like at this point, he still looks like he's probably about four or five weeks out, even though he's about 10 pounds up, um, actually a little, little more like 15 pounds up from, from when he last competed. So, uh, and part of that's just, he's an absolute beast and a freak in the gym. So, um, he's putting in the work and, uh, so the, the, the caloric increases are necessary. So, um, now that being said, depending on how you're working, depending on how much cardio you're doing, which you kind of address that here. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, clearly it's situational, but I, I would, my general rule of thumb is unless we see some really wild things happening, if I make macro adjustments or dietary adjustments, I want to see two weeks of that before I, before I do much else. So, you know, now if we make some adjustments and then suddenly the weight starts spiking up, I'm going to be like, Whoa, hold on. Maybe we should back off on that. What's going on and try to troubleshoot and figure out if there's some other reason that might be a contributing factor there. Or if we do it, if we make a, a bump for a week and then all things being equal, the scale stays right where it is or maybe trends down a little bit, I'm going to be okay being a little bit more aggressive. But if it continues to fluctuate kind of normally, maybe trends up a little bit, I'd say let it sit for two weeks and don't feel like you've got to um, make changes any faster than that. Be patient and give the macro adjustments that you make time to actually do the work. Um, because you can't necessarily expect, and, th and this goes the other way as well. Like when you're making, um, uh, changes to your deficit in order to try and cut, you know, don't get too wild with it. Give your body time to process, adjust and decide how it feels about this. Um, so that, that's the first part as far as how frequently do you adjust things? Um, let's see, feel most of the time and find it hard to eat more than you already are. So, 
Um, yeah, so lo lowish carb paleo diet, protein and veggies. So you can do paleo, you can do ketosis on a growth phase. I would say you're, you're increasing the degree of difficulty unnecessary because carbs are easy to work in. And you know, uh, there, there's no mention here of fats either. So I don't know if your fats are like moderate or if they're high, if they're on the low to moderate side, clearly that's not going to be good fats. Um, you know, all things being equal, if, if, you're going especially low carb, but you're trying to put on weight, your fats have got to be high. And the cool thing about that is you can increase fats substantially without really impacting your appetite. I mean, go this, just eat two tablespoons of peanut butter and see if that fills you up. Uh, that's that's 200 calories right there. Uh, it's not much. It's not much. Um, also, adding oil. Like, you can add olive oil drizzled to veggies or a, a lean protein meal. You can add MCT oil to a protein shake. So, a tablespoon of oil, any kind of oil, is 120 calories. It's 14 to 15 grams of fat. You throw that into a shake, it has absolutely zero impact on your appetite at all. Zero. None. Um, so, and, and you could go like replace a meal with, um, let me, let me actually pull up my little spreadsheet here so I can give you some precise numbers here. So, um, my, my little meal planning tool that I use here. So let's say you have a meal and it's seven ounces of chicken. Okay, cool. So, uh, and you know, seven ounces of chicken, that's a pretty big portion. You know, that's going to be a lot of chewing. Oftentimes it's a little dry. Well, what if we take that and let, let me write these numbers down here. So, Okay. What if we instead replace that and, and instead of having chicken breast, we use some ground beef instead? So, you know, paleo friendly. Absolutely. So and instead here, just to keep um, the protein level pretty even, I'm going to go with eight ounces, eight, eight ounces instead of seven. Beef is a little bit lower in, uh, in uh, protein per ounce than chicken is. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it's a good alternative here. So if you went with seven ounces of chicken, you'd be looking at 46 grams of protein, three grams of fat, 217 calories. If you went with eight ounces of 8515 beef, which let's be clear, is going to be a hell of a lot tastier. Also, you're looking at 42 grams of protein. So just four less 22 grams of fat. So 19 more 384 calories close to double. It's about 170 calories more than chicken. So just by swapping out for some fattier protein sources, um, for me, I can eat eight ounces of ground beef faster than I can eat seven ounces of chicken. Same thing goes for turkey. You could do ground turkey the same way. Um, you could go with a fatty fish, um, you know, but fattier protein sources um, is, is often overlooked. Um, if you have egg whites for breakfast, screw that, whole eggs. You know what? I mean, or do a mixture. Um, that's another option. Uh, nuts. So it's really easy to work in, you know, handful of almonds, cashews. I mean, seriously, I could sit there and just mindlessly eat 800 calories worth of cashews and not feel any kind of impact in my stomach at all from that. Um, that sounds really good, actually. Thankfully, I don't have any cashews in the house because otherwise I might pause this right now and go run up and grab them. Um, so, uh, you know, adding some avocado to a meal. I mean, that's, that's not going to bump up your calories as fast because a two, uh, two to three ounce portion is going to be, you know, anywhere from 90 to 130 calories. But, you know, they're good fats. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, carbs for sure. So protein is what's really filling. And one thing that one mistake that I know a lot of people make is they really overdo it on protein. And so Dan, if you are in the, you know, 180 range, I've seen guys that are about 180 that are taking in 330 grams of protein, which is excessive. Protein is the most satiating macronutrient. It's the one that's going to fill you up the most. So on a growth phase, I want protein at a minimum. You don't need a shit ton of it. Um, because, you know, what, what you want is a caloric surplus and you just need your protein at like a base level. You don't have to worry about driving it up excessively from there. You know, I weigh 205 pounds. My protein right now is at 245 and I'm at a deficit. So I've got it a little bit higher because, because I want to, you know, have every advantage that I can, uh, that I can have as far as muscle preservation is concerned. So, um, so you might want to lower your protein depending on where it is right now. If you're at 180 pounds, I'd say having your protein at 210 to 220 is great. And if that, uh, results in a significant drop in your protein intake, well, that's fine, but it's also going to really ramp up your appetite because you're not filling yourself full of those protein sources. Um, 
so that, that that would be that would be one thing is make make sure that your macros are in line and then you know make room for some carbs so during a growth phase you can do paleo you can do ketosis neither of those are what i would consider to be um optimal for growth carbs are where the money's at so um it depends clearly on how your body responds to carbs on an individual level as well but um i would certainly throw some in and um if you're still wrestling with fullness um, like just not being hungry. There are a couple things that I would recommend. And the first one would be a high molecular weight carb to throw in intra workout. This is a product like Vitargo, Carbolin, something like that. So you mix that in with the water that you chug during your session and you can very easily get in 50 grams of carbs that you're just drinking. I mean, it's basically like Gatorade as far as how much it fills you up, which is not at all. Um, so that, that's one option. Um, and then just picking, um, lower volume carb sources. So, uh, for example, and you know, if you're, if you're doing flexible dieting here, you've got a lot of options. Um, but like cereal is a good one. Um, because you can go and get like, let's say you're looking for a post-workout carb. That's one time I would authorize like, you know what, something higher sugar is fine. So if you go to the, the cereal aisle in the grocery store, and you're looking, they have those little individual serving sizes. Well, they have one, uh, most grocery stores have it for Frosted Flakes. And I mean, first of all, how awesome is that? Um, and that one is, I think if I remember correctly, it's about 55 grams of carbs. And boy, I can mouth through that thing like it's nothing. Uh, I keep saying this, clearly I'm hungry because I keep talking about how I can just eat endlessly and never, never get full. I, I promise you that's not true, but <laughs> sometimes it's true. <laughs> Not all the time. It's not always constantly true. I'm not just a garbage disposal. Yeah, who am I kidding? I probably am. Um, but 55 grams of carbs from an individual serving thing like that, that's great. You know, the post-workout carb that I was using up until this week was reduced fat Ritz crackers. A sleeve of those things, 66 grams of carbs. Um, now, my coach did say this week, she's like, eh, let's cut out all the gluten-based products, which that was the only one that I was having. So I've replaced that instead with rice cakes. Now, the thing about that is rice cakes are a high volume food. So my, um, the amount of my post-workout carbs hasn't changed. I'm still looking for about 65 grams with a lot of rice cakes. That's like six or seven rice cakes. That's a lot. So that is not a food source that I would rely on if you're already full and trying to cram in additional carbs. Some are going to be better than others. Um, rice is pretty good. Um, you know, what you could do is do some, uh, potatoes in the air fryer because it, it just sucks all of the moisture out of them and get them nice and crispy. Um, and so what I would do is I'd take like a, a red potato or two, slice them on the mandolin and then cut them up really small and then throw some olive oil on them, throw them in the air fryer for depending on how many you've got about 20 to 25 minutes. Um, and, uh, I would kind of micromanage it and open the thing up every seven minutes and stir things around just to make sure the air circulates through everything evenly. Um, and you could take like 14 ounces worth of potato and it dries it out to the point where it fits in just a little bowl and it's a ton of carbs. So you're looking at like 70, 80 grams of carbs in a situation like that. Um, so that's another option is how you prepare it because all you're doing is removing moisture. All the nutritional content is still in there. Um, so it, it, it does make things a little bit tricky as far as um, logging things and tracking things effectively. So you'd want to log that food as a raw potato, uncooked, weigh it out, and then chop it up, cook it. And you know, if you have 14 ounces of a potato, it's going to come out to like four or five ounces when you get it out of the air fryer um just because the, the volume change is dramatic uh or um, the volume change and the change in mass is dramatic because of all the fluids that's lost so um use the raw value though because you did use 14 ounces of potato or whatever it was so that 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 would be one way is how you cook it the actual food sources rice is a good one that's um fairly low volume you know you can throw in 100 grams of rice for a quick 25 grams of carbs and that's really nothing it's not a large serving at all you can mix that in with everything else i always do things as bowls so i make a bowl of like a turkey and rice bowl or a chicken and rice bowl um don't overload on veggies like you want to get some. Um, but if you really, really load up on veggies, you're adding a ton of volume that doesn't contribute much calorically. Now, it's very nutrient dense. It contributes a lot. But, you know, our, our one one of the I hate to say our primary focus, but one of our main focuses needs to be on calories. Like you can get nutrient dense foods all day long. But if you're doing that at the expense of calories by loading up on veggies, dial back on it a little bit. Um, you know, most of the veggies that I use are freebies at this point, and I use them just specifically because I'm, I'm looking to volumize meals a little bit. Um, and if I'm, if I'm growing a little bit, uh, if I'm focusing on a growth phase, I'm going to rely more on 
maybe a green supplement um, and fewer actual veggies just because I know I need to get my calories up and uh, I'm going to dial back on how much uh, veggie volume I add to the foods. Unless, you know, if my appetite's great, fine, but if it starts to falter a little bit and I start feeling full, I have a tough time finishing meals, um, that'd be one of the first things that I pull back on. So yeah, I mean, it, I know it's kind of counterintuitive. Why would you lose the most nutrient-dense stuff you can find? But at the same time, um, it, you've got to compromise a little bit. Find a middle, find a middle ground there. Um, and also fruit. I mean, fruit's great, but it, it's one of those things where it does tend to fill you up a little bit more than other foods as well. Um, uh, you know, I, I throw blueberries in with my cream of rice in the morning, um, and I can add a fair bit, and it only adds like eight grams of carbs of, you know, we're talking like wild blueberries, the, the really little ones. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something, you know, fruit can certainly work to fill you up uh, a little bit more than other carb sources can. So identify those carb sources that, first of all, your your stomach processes well. So, you know, I might I might work to impact, to, to reduce gluten if your body is kind of sensitive to it. If it's not, great. Um, take advantage of that because a lot of those gluten-based carbs are a little bit lower volume. And assuming your body processes and digests those well, fine, especially when you're trying to grow. When you're trying to cut, like where I am right now at seven weeks out, remove those. That makes sense just because we're trying to optimize everything right now. So, um, And then regarding the cardio, so if you've got to run 10 plus miles weekly. Is that too much? Well, it's more than is ideal. Uh, but the thing is, you're going to have a, you're going to have a good time maintaining your conditioning, which is great. Um, and it's just, it's good for your heart. Uh, I'm not sure how much I like consistent 10 mile weekly runs, um, for feet, ankles, and knees. But, uh, if it, if it's, you know, just be mindful of your running form. Um, but it does just stress, um, you know, how much we, uh, we need to focus on caloric intake because you're burning a lot there. You're burning a lot more than um, most people would be when they're trying to grow. So you can overcome that. Um, but you've got to have, um, You've, you've got to have the calories behind it to support it. So it, that in and of itself isn't a problem. And I think if we adjust food strategies a little bit, uh, it's going to make things a lot easier. So really focusing on those lower volume food items, um, getting those fats up, getting your protein down a little bit, introducing carbs through low volume sources and those high molecular weight carb products as well. Um, so basically, I mean, you know, I wouldn't do all this at once, but over time, um, anytime you have a protein shake, um, don't have a protein shake by itself, throw a carb in there as well. So you can throw, I mean, some people will just take oats in a blender and mix that up with their protein shake. I've done that. And I'm sorry, it tastes like ass. It's disgusting. And I don't know how people do that on a regular basis. Um, it's like drinking silt. It's just gross. And I'm sorry, bodybuilding has enough options in it that are disgusting. Um, you don't need to voluntarily pick one. So, um, but throwing a, a, a carb powder like Carbolin, Vitargo, and what I typically do on that, um, Carbolin is what I use, and I always get the neutral flavor, so it's it's just unflavored. Um, so then whatever. Um, flavor of protein powder you're using is just, you know, the, the carbolin will adopt that or, or not, not dominate it. So you're not going to have like a chocolate protein powder and then like, uh, orange blast carbolin or anything like that, which I know some people are a fan of chocolate orange. I consider that a, like, uh, an affront against God. I think that's terrible. Um, chocolate orange, no disgusting. So, um, it, it just, it's a thing that shouldn't exist. Chocolate orange is gross. So, um, so mixing and matching flavors, be careful with that. You could, you could get yourself in some trouble there. So I would go with a neutral flavor. Um, but something like that, that's really where it's at. So those carb powders will help low volume carb sources, get the protein down, get the fats up, but a fantastic question. And, uh, I responded to Dan yesterday. I'm like, this is a great question. I'm going to record a podcast Thursday and I'm going to address this rather than try and do a shitty job addressing it in a, a text message reply. So I'm glad I waited on that because there was a lot to talk about there. So Dan, hopefully that was helpful and hopefully somebody else out there got some utility out of that also. Okay, well, hot damn, that kind of, uh, that filled a little bit more time than I was anticipating. So we're at about the, you know, we're closing in on the 50 minute mark here. So um, a couple of good questions and it's amazing, you know, when, when the questions are good, um, and they say there's no such thing as a dumb question. I, I take objection to that. There are dumb questions. And specifically, a dumb question is one that you've asked before, been told the answer to, and are asking again for some stupid reason. That's, that, that's really the only thing that I would say is a dumb question. Um, but other than that, it's all, it's all about different levels of experience. So there may be a question that somebody thinks is really basic, but if it's relevant to the person asking it, then it's a great question. That's all there is to it. And, you know, I, I get questions all the time from somebody the first starting out um, that, that might seem 
seem really, really basic. Like, you know, um, what, what is a squat? Which, I mean, really, that's kind of a more complex question because there's a lot of ways that you could answer that. There's various levels of detail that you could go into. But something really basic, like, um, you know, what, what, is, what is protein powder for? That kind of thing. Why, why, is, why is protein powder a part of my plan? Um, I don't understand what it's for. Okay, cool. So that just takes me back. And I remember quite well um, my mindset and how much I knew and how much I didn't know hint, it was a lot when I first got started. So um, I'm constantly reminded of that um, state of knowledge that I had back then from questions that I get from people that are still starting up right now. So um, I like to stay grounded um, and just know that, yeah, those basic questions there out there. I know a lot of you listening to this, a lot of your questions might be a little bit more basic and that's fine. And don't be afraid to ask them. So contact me, email me, contact me through social media, message me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, or you know where I'm going with this. Leave a message. Come on, eight six five five one eight two nine seven four. Go to thedropset.com. The phone number's right there. You can click on it from your phone. You can call me directly from that website. Just click on the link, and there you go. Um, so uh, that's it. That's all I got. So coming up. Um, so I, re- I recorded those those segments earlier today, and now I'm just recording this little finishing thing. So a couple things have transpired. So um, I just uh, took care of a couple things for my uh, my trip. I booked my rental car and all that stuff, so that's exciting. Feels like it's getting a little bit closer now. Um, I called around to a couple of gyms um, in the town where I'll be staying, and it's funny, like... <laughs> I called up and I'm almost afraid to hear the number. I'm like, how much is your day rate? And they're like, oh, it's $5 a day. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? $5 a day? Because here it's like, you know, most gyms are like 20 bucks a day. <laughs> I, will t- I will pay $5 a day. Yes. Oh, man, the expense. It's killing me. So um, that's great. So I've got some good options there. And they're, they're both, um, there's two gym options. They're both really large, well-equipped gyms. One of them is also a CrossFit facility. So I think I may favor the other one. Um, again, I get it, CrossFit people, but when you put you guys into a conventional gym, you're going to scare the shit out of me and give me a panic attack every time you do a snatch and then drop the bar from from the overhead position, okay? I That stuff grates on my nerves. I hate it. So, And it's not you guys. It's the gyms that have CrossFit and generic lifting in the same space. That's what I hate. And so it's becoming more and more common, which just means I get startled more and more every time. I, I get startled easily, and it bothers me. So anyway, um, and uh, the other thing is, um, so podcast future, um, I've got a couple of interviews scheduled coming up that will be exciting. And then also, uh, one of the things on my to-do list before I travel is to get some things set up so that I can record and upload and distribute a podcast from my phone. So we're going to do some podcast travel diaries, assuming that I can get all this stuff set up. So um, I may record a, a, a short podcast episode or a segment for a longer episode uh, from an airport um, or something like that. So um, look for that. That'll be, um, again, second week of October is when I'm leaving. So that's just something that's coming down the pipe in the future. I have to do a little bit more initial legwork just to make sure that I'm set up on the tech side for everything. But I think I am. Uh, the, the quality will not be quite this good, but it should still be fine. Should still be fine. Maybe I can interview some passerby um, in the airport and uh, we can do like a, uh, I don't know, people of Walmart style segment on the podcast. I'm just kidding. I, I am <laughs> I am so not cut out for that. I hate talking to strangers, so that won't happen. But nonetheless, it should be interesting. So we'll do a little bit of a travel log um, on the podcast as we go. And also, I'll be documenting the whole thing um, through social media, Instagram, and uh, probably some on Facebook as well. So um, that's it. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you all for listening. Once again, I've got that poll up at thedropset.com. Go check that out. Call and leave your messages. We'll do those in a future Q&A as well. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a great week. 